This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up. I think these people are certainly ready for this to end. And at this very moment, having with an arrest, this is the closest it's been to that in 40 years. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. On the night of February 5th, 1981, 14-year-old Deanie Peters was attending her brother's wrestling meet at a middle school in Ada, Michigan. She got up to use the restroom, walked out of the gym, and was never seen again. I didn't see her graduate from junior high. I wouldn't see her graduate from high school. I wouldn't see her married or have children. So you think about that all the time. Somebody out there knows what happened, and I hope and pray that They don't take it to their grave before I go. It has become one of the longest running mysteries in West Michigan. What happened to Deanie Peters? Decades later, there's been an arrest. Brent Ashcroft with WZZM in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You've been covering the case of Deanie Peters for years now. Tell us about her disappearance all the way back in February of 1981. Yeah, Reed, thanks for having me. Uh, This has been one of the biggest mysteries, not only in West Michigan for the last 40 years, but in the entire state of Michigan. I believe this is one of, if not the longest cold cases running in the state. Uh, What ended up happening uh, was she literally did just disappear. Like you said, she got up, went to the bathroom, and was literally never seen again. Um, Friends, uh, her fellow students at Forest Hill Central Middle School uh, were back could not figure out what was going on. They didn't understand what happened. And obviously, when you're 13, 14, 15 years old, this is probably something that's going to scar you uh, for a very long time, which, in fact, it has, because I've been interviewing a lot of her uh, classmates who are now in their mid-50s, mid to late 50s, uh, and they're still bothered by it. They can be brought to tears when when they're uh, talked to about this disappearance because it was one of, if not uh, the most significant things that happened during their entire uh, grade school time. Local police and common citizens spent days combing through wooded areas near the school and around the Ada Cascade area but nothing was ever found. Authorities received many tips and interviewed several possible suspects, but the case would eventually go cold. When Deanie goes missing then, is there anyone that she was seen with or or anyone that investigators were looking at as a possible suspect in her disappearance back in the early days of this investigation? There was an initial... Um, suspect named Bruce Bunch. He was a local high school kid from the Lowell area uh, who the uh, police officers at the time uh, really thought was the the number one suspect. There were others as well. The janitor from the school where she went was a suspect. Even her stepfather, uh, John Peters, was a suspect at one time. Um, All of them have been cleared, but Bruce Bunch never was cleared. Uh, Unfortunately, he passed away in 2008 
uh, he had relocated down in the Kentucky area, and uh, he passed away in uh, the winter of 2008. And serendipitously, that was the year when the Kent County Metro cold case team decided to relaunch an investigation into Deanie's case. It had gone cold ever since she was declared deceased in 1991. So you're looking at nearly 20 years where not much was done uh, with this case. But a cold case team was assembled in uh, 2008. Unfortunately, they assembled after Mr. Bunch had passed away. So they never got a chance to interview him uh, during the eight or nine years that the cold case team worked on this. And they basically deconstructed the whole thing and and went and redid every interview, did everything again, all over again, um, and, and even found some new leads and some and some new individuals to interview along the way. But they could never rule out Bruce Bunch and never had an opportunity, obviously, to interview him because they started their in- investigation three or four months after Mr. Bunch passed away. Uh, the cold case team, original one that had assembled in 2008, um, disbanded uh, in either 2017 or 18 here in Kent County. I can't remember exactly which date, but they have not been um, pursuing it, uh, you know, since then. But obviously a new cold case team or a new group of detectives and investigators have been assembled at Kent County because nothing had been mentioned about the Deanie Peters investigation at all at all until I got a direct message from uh, a source of mine that said an individual named Jim Frisbee had been arrested in connection to the disappearance of Deanie Peters. And that was the first ever arrest in this case in 40 years. So it was a, it was a major, major development in this case and in this story. And we begin tonight with the breaking news out of Kent County. An arrest has been made in connection to the disappearance of Deanie Peters more than 40 years ago. The Kent County prosecutor, Chris Becker, confirms that 61-year-old James Frisbee was arrested earlier this month. He's accused of lying about the case and is being charged with perjury, along with resisting and obstructing police. And of course, I want to talk more about the arrest, but first, let's go back through that entire timeline in a little more detail. First off, who was Deanie Peters? What else can you tell us about this 14-year-old girl and, and her life leading up to her tragic disappearance? Yeah, Deanie Peters was uh, born in Bellflower, California, which is a suburb of Los Angeles. So it's somewhere between, I believe, L.A. and San Diego, down by the Poway area. And uh, she grew up out there with her um, mother and father. Mother and father would ultimately get divorced. Mother would remarry to John Peters. So her she was originally born Deanie Pyle. Um, her father, her biological father's name was Dwayne Pyle. So Dwayne and Mary had Deanie and she grew up out there. First, uh, 12 years of her life, uh, were actually out in the, uh, Southern California area. And then her, uh, stepfather, John Peters ended up getting a job here in the, uh, Ada Grand Rapids Cascade area in uh, the summer, late summer, early fall of 1979. And the family moved from Southern California up here. From what I can remember, you know, she was always really good to me. She was a good older sister. Deanie's younger brother, William, was just seven when she disappeared. She was your typical older sister. After 35 years, one good memory still stands out for him. She taught me how to get in a sleeping bag and slide down the carpeted stairs. So I'd say that's the thing I remember when I think about her sometimes. But William still craves closure for the bad memory. I just came to the realization that whatever happened was was not good. 
And so over the years, has this more or less always been investigated as not just a missing persons case, but a homicide case? Yes. Um, basically, what the original um, Kent County Sheriff's Department investigation led to, and so did the cold case team in 2008, they both came to the same conclusion that what ultimately happened was Bruce Bunch um, hit her with his car and put her in the trunk of his car, buried her off of Snow Avenue here in the Ada Grand Rapids area uh, for the winter because it happened in the in uh, in in February of 1981, so it was extremely cold. And then um, went back out there um, in the spring, dug her up, and then and then put her someplace else. And and there have been various. Uh, locations uh, that uh, cold case team members have uh, searched over the course of the year. They've brought in psychics um, to try to see if they can connect to her energy somewhere and maybe find locations. They checked a, a small little schoolhouse uh, that was out here. Uh, they dug around that uh, about 12 years ago, found nothing. Uh, they've checked rivers in, in Lowell. Uh, Lowell is where Bruce Bunch uh, is from. Uh, they, they got tips out there to, to check into that. Nothing ever came uh, of that. Um, but in all honesty, that is, that is what is assumed happened. Um, that is the story that has, has been put out there, um, by the local media, what, what is believed to have happened to her. Um, obviously one week ago today, it went, you know, <laughs> this gentleman, Jim Frisbee had never, ever been mentioned publicly by any media outlet at all in 40 years. It has always been Bruce Bunch. It has always been the story of Bunch hitting her with the car and burying her somewhere. And the fact that Mr. Bunch passed away in 08 and nobody can, can talk to him anymore, or, or he, you know, likely never told any of his family members about it. Um, you know, they probably figured that they weren't going to get anywhere with this. But, uh, when, when Mr. Frisbee's name was, was thrown out there a, a week ago today, um, it was a, a stunning development, uh, needless to say. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. As you mentioned, this case would then go on to become one of Michigan's longest-running cold cases. Decades go by without solid answers. But what is that window of time like for 
Dini's family members that you've spoken with over the years to go that long without knowing what happened to Dini? Yeah, it's been uh, it, it's been numbing. I think is a word to to put it. I uh, I've talked to William Peters, Dini's brother, who was the six year old. It was his wrestling match that she attended and disappeared from on February five of eighty one, and I've been connected with him for the past ten years. And uh, you know, he he's told me numerous times that he's just resigned himself to the fact that you know what he's just never going to know. Um, it's easier for him to go to sleep at night and and just you know accept the reality that she's gone and that the people connected to it, if there's anybody still alive, they're just simply they got away with it. They know they did, and they're just not going to talk. And uh, if Bruce Bunch is the one who did it, there's really not a whole lot anybody can do because he's been gone now for 13 years. So um, I've flown out to uh, Prescott, Arizona, which is where Mary Peters and John Peters now live. They relocated uh, out there uh, 30 some years ago uh, into the mountains out there in in Northern Arizona. Um, Deanie's mother um, rebuilt her bedroom uh, inside their house in Arizona. As, as exactly how it looked when she disappeared from the one here in Ada in 1981. I mean, the bed is the same. The bedspread is the same. She's got all of Deanie's combs and brushes laid out on the dresser. The dresser was Deanie's. Uh, all of Deanie's perfume bottles with still some perfume in them, by the way. Uh, I was in this room. I did a story on this room. It's all of her stuffed animals. It was, it's unbelievable. It's like this shrine that, that uh, mom and, and stepdad created uh, for her so that they have something to, to remember her by, so that they don't forget about her. I don't think I can remember her voice anymore. I can see her, think of her every day, still pray for her every night. So if that doesn't tell you that pain lingers, I don't know what does. I was actually just watching that story that you did at at this home in Arizona back in 2013 and it really is striking to see just how fresh all of those memories from 1981 still were all these decades later and I actually found that story while looking through a Facebook page that your station WZZM set up back in 2011 specifically about the Deanie Peters case. What kinds of things have folks shared on that Facebook page over the years? Yeah, that Facebook page has really become kind of a clearinghouse for just about everybody who has interest in this case, not only, you know, family, friends, uh, random people, but also law enforcement. Um, there were many times early on after we launched that Facebook page in 2011 that uh, the head of the cold case team would call me when somebody would post something on there. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they got some leads uh, from that. Um, and I know Jim Frisbee has posted on that page. In fact, he posted on there the day on uh, June 23rd, uh, the day before he went in to do uh, his interview for the investigative subpoena, which ultimately got him arrested on July 2nd of this year. So um, there, there are almost five thousand people following it, and you can. There's so much conversation, and as you might have mentioned, as you might imagine, Reed, you know, just in the last week, it has really skyrocketed. 
I mean, it has really gotten busy on that page, especially with this uh, arrest uh, that has occurred. And uh, a lot of people are, are talking even more. And uh, it really is a, an amazing read. If anybody wants to take time to go to that page, just go to Facebook and go to the, the, the search bar and type in Deanie Peters WZZM, and you'll be able to find it and like it and follow it. And uh, it, it's amazing, truly, um, how, uh, how much people still care about this all these decades later. Having covered this case for years and having watched it go unsolved for such a long time, did you think we would ever see an arrest? I didn't. Um, I, even talking uh, with some of the cold case uh, members, the original cold case team that assembled in 2008, talking with some of them, uh, they had gotten to a place where I think they believed that they had done all they could do. And this was all going to come down to people with knowledge living in the area getting older, getting into their 60s, maybe into their 70s, and maybe they they have a, a, a moment where they want to cleanse their soul and they finally want to come forward and share what they know. And I think that's where things were left three or four years ago uh, when, when the original cold case team disbanded. Um, but, you know, nobody ever saw an arrest coming at all for this. In fact, there, Deanie Peters has not been in the news here in West Michigan much at all over the course of the past, I would say, six or seven years. I mean, there just has not been any information. Uh, occasionally on February 5th, some of her friends would gather for a vigil uh, out near a tree um, where uh, the, uh, the church that she and her family attended when they briefly lived here for two years um, here in Ada, they planted a tree. And really, it's the only memorial there is for her. I mean, there's no gravestone for her. There's, there's you know, it's the only place you really can go to be close to her is, is to this tree that's planted in the front of the church. And uh, occasionally on, on February 5th, her, some of her high school friends, she would have been a member of the class of 1985 from Forest Hill Central High School. And uh, a group 10, 15, 20 of her would, you know, would be graduated friends gather at that tree and have a vigil on, uh, on, on February 5th. There hasn't been many of those in recent years that they've been hit and miss, but uh, given the arrest, um, and, and now knowing that they are still paying attention, law enforcement in this area has not given up on this case clearly. And, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, where things go from here. And, um, you know, given the interest on the Facebook page, uh, you know, given the interest that, that family members have, have, have reached out to me and told me personally, you know, uh, I think these people are certainly ready for this to end. And at this very moment, having with an arrest, this is the closest it's been to that in 40 years. Tell us a little bit more about that arrest. Who is this man, James Frisbee, and, and how did he end up arrested in connection with Deanie's disappearance? Jim Frisbee is a Caledonia native, um, 61 years old. Uh, he was an older gentleman, um, much older than Deanie was back in the day. We, you do the math on it. He was like seven, eight years older than, than she was. She was 14 at the time. He was like 21. Um, so it's, it's, it's odd to, to wonder how, you know, if in fact he is the person who is responsible for her disappearance, how, how, 
how did she know him? Um, who, who was he to her? Uh, these are questions that, you know, none of us have answers to right now. And I've talked to multiple family members of Deanie's, William, uh, her half-sister, Kathy Pyle, who lives out in Southern California, a few others. They've never heard of this gentleman. So they have no remember. They have no memory whatsoever of of who this this individual even was. Um, basically, he was uh, he was arrested July second for lying under oath. Uh, he was given a uh, investigative subpoena, and uh, apparently they caught him in a lie. And uh, as you know, that uh, is punishable by life in prison. So um, you know he did bond out. Last Thursday, this past Thursday, so I believe he's on house tether right now um, down in Caledonia. He's probably not allowed to leave his house at all. Uh, he does have a court appearance uh, coming up uh, sometime in early August. Uh, we do not have a, a date pinned down on that yet. We're still trying to figure that out, but um, we certainly will have a camera at that, and uh, we'll be able to cover this. But nobody really knows, Reed, this man's connection. Nobody knows why he lied under oath? Who is he protecting? Who, who? Why is this guy involved in trying to protect whatever secret is out there? Um, you know, it, 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 we're just going to have to wait and see how this whole thing plays out. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on that and you'll have to keep us posted. Brent Ashcroft with WZZM. Thanks for sharing this story. Absolutely. And thanks to you for joining us on this episode of The Daily Crime. We're here daily, every day, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the show wherever you manage to find it and are listening right now. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there's a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University of Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.